going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, your host for the ad space today is Austin and Rob. How's it going, guys? And so just real quickly, I wanted to touch on why we do these ads. And it's, it's so we can continue to provide you guys with the free content that we're doing on YouTube, on our free platform on Locals, and for this podcast specifically. All of our sponsors um, help us out in the ways that we need to provide you guys with content. So um, we always try to hook them up and, 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 and inform you guys of all the sponsors that we do have. The, the more that you can support them, uh, the the more content we can give. And we're trying to step up our podcast game uh, in, in the coming months. And, and the sponsors are what allow us, yeah. us to do that, giving Absolutely. us the, the time and, and ability to get out here and get pre- people on the podcast yeah. and make sure we're doing as much as we can. So support them as much as you can. And our first one up for today, like always, is Triarch Systems, one of our OG uh, sponsors for the podcast and all around uh group of dudes and dudettes that have supported us since day one so um, some of the best weapon systems that i've ever used and i know the rest of the guys feel the same way Dude, nothing but good things uh, coming from those guns and yeah. people talking about them so. take a beating keep on going so uh, check those guys out over at triarchsystems.com use code one word fieldcraft will get you five percent off your next build at triarch our next sponsor is the Personal Defense Network. Uh, they've got an amazing offer for you guys. If you sign up for the Personal Defense Network Premium Membership, um, you can get the entire year for $3. Wow. You heard that right. $3 <laughs> for a year, not a month, for a year. Um, and so they've got a community of, of thousands of people who are committed to developing their personal defense skills. Um, they're, they're covering medical techniques. They're covering armed and unarmed defense, firearm training, security techniques and tactics for home, workplace, defensive gears, all kinds of stuff where they've got videos, they've got blogs, they've got, they've got all kinds of training for you to up your your defensive game up your preparedness game Uh, and just like we tell you in any of our classes if you've come and been a part of our class or you're waiting to you'll you'll see what we're talking about but we always would encourage you guys to go out and train with other people get fresh perspective new perspective and different perspective from trainers uh, because we're not the end-all be-all for all things education and knowledge base. No, no, There's a ton of guys out there that have a great knowledge and a great perspective. And, and they've things. got different life experiences that give them different Absolutely. perspectives in different scenarios. And so we, we always recommend you getting um, as much education as you can. And the, the digital, the virtual training that we're getting into a lot now, obviously right, we're trying to do a ton of as well. But uh, for $3 for the year, it's, I mean – you can you can go in you can check it out for an entire year and see yeah. see what they've got totally they've got some good right. stuff in there um you can go to go go dot personal defense network dot com slash survival um and that will uh, get you three dollars for the year they'll have a special offer for our listeners yeah check those guys out and next up is haven tents um if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a lot like us. You probably enjoy spending a lot of time in the great outdoors. Uh, I know I spend close to more days in the field than I do in the office, or I, I like to think I do. Yeah, you're like probably to. out there more than you're in the office. Yeah, probably. <laughs> more times I'm out there and I should be in the office. But um, Haven Tents, uh, great system. So we sell those in our store as well. And uh, I've been able to use those a little bit. I haven't got to use them as much as I'd like, but one of the, my favorite aspects of this system is you can use it as a ground, ground tent um, or you can string it up and use it as a, a hammock, a hammock system. And each system comes with all the things that you would need 
Um, they all have the hammock body, a rain fly, the bug net, um, straps, stakes, and guy lines. So uh, you're getting the entire package. And with other systems, you're, you're having to individually buy and purchase those things. And uh, it can kind of be a pain and add up really quick. Yeah. With this, I mean, obviously, it's all integrated. It's, right. it's all there rolled up into to two packages, one for the pad and one for the, the tent and everything yep. else. And, and it, the sleeping pad is awesome. It's like a yeah. two-inch pad that you, that you blow up yourself and and it really helps create that dead air space beneath you and the and the shelter and mm-hmm. uh, it'll actually help you stay a lot more warm and comfortable while you're sleeping and it has that uh the bar system inside that allows you to stay parallel and and not have that like weird droop that you get in most hammock systems yeah. Yeah, um, so it, it doesn't come up around the sides right. of you and kind of squeeze you in it, it allows right. you to just lay down flat like you normally would uh, in a bed right super comfortable and uh, i haven't got to do an overnight in one i have hung out in one a couple of times and but it's a great system so uh check those guys out uh at haven tents and you can get them on our site at fieldcraftsurvival.com forward slash haven tents and they will get you twenty dollars off your bundle yep, you can go to that link it'll it'll forward to their site um and then you can use code fieldcraft one word $20 off the bundle, um, which the bundle includes everything we just talked about, including the tent and the pad. Um, and so again, you can go to fieldcraftsurvival.com forward slash Haven tents, uh, for more information on that. And so for our podcast today, uh, our friend Amber sat down with Jackie from freedom concealed and they talk through kind of defense, self-defense, personal defense, and kind of how it ties in with with our female community and the female crowd, because it, it, there is a little bit of different consideration for them, especially uh, moms running around with kids. Um, and it, it's just a totally different consideration. And it's things that I, I never even would have thought about from my perspective, uh, especially being a lone dude in a lot of cases mm-hmm. where I'm not with other people. It's a whole different consideration. And so um, the things that they bring up and talk about, um, it, it's really incredible. And I, I wish that you know, more people would look at it from that perspective, especially our female um, followers and listeners, because uh, these guys have a really great perspective. Jackie comes in with a lot of uh, knowledge from her perspective as well. And so, yeah, look, today is International Women's Day. You're going to be hearing a lot from Amber. Uh, we we love her perspective. She's a mom. Uh, she is an RN, yep. um, and she's our family preparedness expert. All yeah. things, you know, medical with kids, uh, preparedness, survival, all of that with families. And yeah. that's obviously a big focus for us right now is getting that fresh perspective and making sure that we appeal to all people right. that want to be better prepared. Absolutely. And not just, um, you know, for us dudes that, you know, cavemen that walk around, but you know, it's a whole different perspective when you're talking about teaching and, and preparing children and, uh, getting your families involved. Cause, uh, I don't know if this is a sales thing. You might know this, but they usually sell, if you can, if you can sail the wife or the mom, then you sell the whole family, you know, because <laughs> yep. she runs the show. Oh so. yeah. Um, all right guys. Well, we'll let you get to it. Hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Hi, guys. This is Amber with Fieldcraft, and I am here today with a young a young lady, a lovely, lovely young lady, golly, I couldn't get that word out, <laughs> who drove up from Salt Lake to come and speak to us. Her name is Jackie, and I found her on Instagram, and I immediately fell in love with her. Um, I call people like that my bosom friends. <laughs> like, she's a bosom friend. And I was just telling Kevin um, in the podcast before this, I was like, I don't even really know her, and I'm just so proud of her. She's such an encouragement, and she's such an inspiration. So thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to, like, 
meet you guys and be able to talk more about um, self-reliance for young women. Definitely. And I think, to be honest, I think that it is a demographic that, that gets left unchecked sometimes. We do so much talking about preparing our children, and then we do so much talking to adults who are, who are say adult. You're an adult, but they're more established in adulthood. They have some more years under their belt, right? For sure. And so we lose sight of the older teenagers and the younger adults who you just graduated from college in December, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's such an important age group. And I also feel like, which we'll talk about this a little more in a little bit, but there's such a stigma that can come with that and you have to navigate it confidently. And so I think having somebody who's as astute as you and can present themselves so well can be such an encouragement to people who may be really um, intimidated by that. So I'm really curious. You didn't grow up in Utah. I didn't. You're from California, right? Yes. It's a very different state. For sure. Very different. (laughs) Um, Geographically, legally, there's just a lot more regulations on guns there. And now Utah's a brand new constitutional carry state. California's considered shall issue, right? Is that the correct terminology? I think so. I know that it depends on the county you live in. So for me, I'm from um, Santa Clara County. And so we actually, our county sheriff was just in the news recently. There has been a little bit of a scandal with how she issues her concealed carry permits there. So um, it's not even like, in my mind, in California, carrying a gun was never like, a possibility that ever crossed my mind as something that I would do in the future. Yeah. So what, you came here first for college. Mm-hmm. You came into Utah and you fell in love. For sure, yeah. <laughs> so now you're, you fell in love with the state and with a, a boy. Is he from Utah? Um, yeah, he's from okay. Utah as well. That's awesome. So what what led you into this mindset? Is this some a way that you were raised or was this something new? So I didn't grow up around guns or really even talking about like preparedness or self-defense or anything like that. Um, And it wasn't until I was about to leave for college that I really felt like, okay, I'm going to be on my own for the first time ever. I'm the only one who can take care of myself in in any situation that might come up. And so um, it was something that started when I was about 17, 18 years old. I think that I remember the summer before I left for college, um, I was like just 18 and I would, you know, go out and about and like go shopping, get all the stuff for moving away to college. And I remember feeling like, okay, well, I'm here by myself. Like, what if this, what if that? And I didn't know what I would do in some of those situations. And so moving to Utah, I decided that getting a concealed carry permit was something that I wanted to do, but it wasn't really like, any mind-blowing experience it was just like well I guess like I could do that if I wanted to so that's awesome I love the fact that you led yourself to that that's a very mature mindset but also I would imagine you're probably close with your family definitely and so to think about being away from home where you can't just call your dad to come save you with even something as simple as changing a flat tire you really start to and, and I and I I I assume that you have the same mindset that I do, where we're constantly evaluating our circumstances, not in a fear-based way, but just making sure that we're prepared and that we would be able to react accordingly. And so when you, at that young age, you're going to be gone for the first time away from your family for that long, you start to go through all of these scenarios, like you were saying, and you realize 
how much vulnerabilities exist there. And thankfully, you live in a state where there's a solution to that. Yeah, for sure. I'm super lucky that um, as a Utah resident that I was able to get a provisional concealed carry permit at age 18. Um, I don't think that's very common at all anywhere else in the United States. And so I definitely feel very lucky that I could start this journey and this process even as an 18-year-old. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's something to consider for young adults is to do that research. I mean, it's very readily available if you want to go and find it and figure out how old you need to be to have a concealed carry, how old you need to be to legally buy a firearm, what that looks like, if you need to have a family member with you. And even let's get down to the the question I'm sure a lot of people have is concealed carry on a campus? Is that allowed? Um, yeah. So Utah is awesome. They allow concealed carry on public universities. And so I attended the University of Utah, which is a public school. And um, any building on their campus is considered a public building. And so I was able to carry pretty much every time I was on campus. Yeah, that's awesome. And so it's the same concept. You you need to do your own research to see if your university allows for that. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest you go straight to the guidelines mm-hmm. and not ask somebody who may give you the wrong information and read your guidelines. And it comes down in, in the same way to people in the workplace. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a constitutional right. And that's that's huge. And that the value in that is huge. And people... I think it's the misunderstanding of firearms that lead people to that fear. But there are still so many people who are just constantly mind blown that you would feel you would feel like you have the right to carry on a college campus. You do. You legally and constitutionally have that right. And you did it the right way. You made sure that you had that the provisional license or the provisional um, permit and that your college campus allowed it. Let's talk about How would you have felt on a college campus as a young girl? I was in the same boat as you. We're petite women. How would you have felt if you did not have a way to defend yourself? Um, I think it really depends on the circumstances. When I first started carrying as a college freshman, to me, my mindset was, okay, I have this if I need it, but the possibility of me having to use it is probably just so far away. And I think that That's something that I learned, unfortunately, with the really sad story. Um, Many people probably heard about the student from my university. Her name was Lauren McCluskey, and she was murdered on our campus um, my sophomore year. And to me, that was just a huge sign that, okay, this could happen, and this could happen at your school, a place where you go every single day. And I think that before that, maybe not having a self-defense tool wouldn't have made me feel too um, scared or vulnerable. But after that happened, my eyes were just really open to the possibility of something actually happening to me. And I think that after that, if I weren't able to carry on my campus, I definitely would have felt very um, vulnerable and open to potential threats for sure. Yeah, that's that's a terrible situation. I'm so sorry that happened while you were there. I can imagine how much fear that that struck in a lot of people. Um, But it's a reality of the world we live in, honestly. And it's not anybody else's job to protect us, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and you're alone so much on campus. And sometimes you're distracted. Let's, you know, think about where your mind is when you're you've studied for 48 hours for an exam. You know, I, I went through nursing school. So I've been there. And you've, you've crushed the caffeine and you're on your way to your class. You're not 
you're not fully tuned in to situational awareness maybe the way that you could be if you were not on your way to take a test after you hadn't slept for two days yeah. and and that's dangerous you know and and I I would get to school in the early hours of the morning and when depended on what point we were in in the season but sometimes it would still be dark because I was going into the library or I was going into a lab put yourself in a very vulnerable position at that at that point too when there's not a lot of other people on campus so I think the value in that is huge now did you the popular opinion for the most part on a college campus is probably a little more progressive and I mean I don't say that out of opinion it's a fact um so how was navigating that did you ever encounter any difficulties in your friendships um no not really I mean carrying was never something that I talked about with people at school just because to me the point of concealing is so that no one knows it's there for sure um and I think definitely if you ever have seen my Instagram page I don't think that I come across as one of those people who would have a gun on me. Miss Tactical. <laughs> Definitely not that person. But um, so I never really talked with anyone about it on my campus. And so, um, I mean, I had one friend who definitely was like open and accepting of like me carrying a gun. But most of my friends, our friendships weren't close enough for me to be like, hey, did you know that I carry? And so um, definitely not really something that I discussed at all really. Is that a conversation that's had a lot on campus or is, is it just not really something that you that people navigate? It's not a discussion that comes up. I think that for most people they have no idea that you can even carry a gun on a college campus in Utah and so I think that for them it's probably not even a possibility that crosses their mind so I don't I mean I'm trying to think back it seems like forever ago that I was actually on campus just given the fact that we've had like all of the <laughs> online learning but um yeah, I don't think that that was really a conversation that people were even thinking of. And, you know, I think sometimes people, too, don't think about the external parts of the university experience. I know I had to do so many projects with people that I didn't know that well. And mm -hmm. we were meeting, maybe we were meeting in a lab, or maybe somebody suggested we go to their home, or we, mm -hmm. we go to a restaurant. And, and this isn't a group of people that I feel extremely safe around. You know, I don't just immediately trust somebody 100%. Um, and so you have to think about those experiences too, that it's required. It's required for you to do this. Um, we had to go into, um, a lot of hospitals and a lot of medical care facilities, meeting with doctors and nurses and medical professionals, uh, here, there, and everywhere. And that, this is just a lot of interaction with people that you don't know and you don't know their intentions. For sure. Yeah. I think that that's definitely a reality. Um, with all the group projects, you're just interacting with so many different people that you don't know. Um, I was lucky enough to, I mean, for most of my group projects with all like the Zoom calls and stuff like that to get them done without really having to go anywhere. But I definitely understand that. I think that, I mean, for the most part, you want to assume that everyone is gonna be responsible <laughs> and you wanna assume that everyone has good intentions. But I think definitely I've learned that that's not, that's not always the case. Right. So. Let's talk about how we both we both value carrying on our person. Let's talk about what the contrast of that looks like and if you would have carried in a bag. Because I know I took tests multiple times a week and I couldn't have my bag with me at my desk. Mm -hmm. So that would defeat the purpose of actually carrying a gun. If somebody came into my classroom with wanting to be a bad guy, my gun was very far away from me. 
-hmm. Is that kind of the rationale that your mind took when you decided how you were going to carry? Um, Yeah, I think like carrying in a bag never really crossed my mind. I think to me, when choosing to carry appendix, um, that's kind of like what I saw everyone else doing. And so that's like the first thing I tried. Um, And to me, it just feels so comfortable and natural. I think the idea of having it in a bag, that's not something that I can always control. Like, Like you said, sometimes if you're taking a test, your bag is in the front of the room. Or if you're at the library, I see kids all the time. They're like, oh, can you like watch my bag? I'll be right back. And to me, I never wanted my gun to get into the hands of someone who either had bad intentions or had no proper training on how to use the gun. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's really important. Now, you are adorable and I love your fashion (laughs) sense and you do such a good job of showing women, not just, not just teenage girls or young adults, um, but women, how to carry in the modern woman's clothes. And I think that that's something we don't, like you said before, we don't come across as super tactical. We Mm -hmm. look very different than a lot of women in the tactical world. And that's great. We're all supposed to be uniquely different, right? Mm -hmm. But so much of that content is geared toward, towards these women that dress this way. And so we kind of feel left, left out, Mm -hmm. you know, what, how are we supposed to dress if we want to wear a skirt or a dress or different styles of clothing and we don't necessarily want a belt or a mm-hmm. tactical belt. We need other options. And you do an amazing job of that. Oh, thank you so much. So tell me about your favorite holsters, your favorite ways to carry, all the things. Um, yeah, so I have like a lot of different holsters at this <laughs> point, um, just with like Instagram and trying a bunch of different things, I've like accumulated this like collection. It's like an it's like an accessory. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, people say like another one, but to me, I always say it's like a pair of shoes. You can't have too many. Um, but I definitely recognize the fact that if you are gonna use a holster and carry with that holster, you need to train with it. Um, and so I try to narrow it down to like a few go-to options that I have. And I know that like I've practiced with each one of those. And I know that if I need to draw from it, that I can successfully do so. Um, some of my favorites obviously are some of the beltless options. I think a common misconception that still exists in the gun world is that you have to wear a belt to successfully carry. Um, and There are so many awesome things out there that make it so you don't have to do that anymore. Um, So I really love the Ulti clip. Um, That one, it kind of has like this double layer system and it can clip onto pretty much anything without the use of a belt. Um, And along those lines as well, I love the fabric clip. Um, It's similar in the sense that it doesn't require a belt. and I think that using both of those really gives you so much more freedom on what you can wear while carrying. Um, and that's kind of become the motto of like my page, Freedom Concealed. Um, so, and I also have this trick. Um, I know that you've used this one as well and we've talked about it. But I have one right now. I love it. I love to see it. Um, <laughs> if you wear like compression shorts or something with a sturdy waistband, because I think a lot of people think that if you're gonna carry without a belt that you can just clip it onto anything but you need a sturdy base that will keep the holster secure. Um, And so if you attach like one of your beltless clips to a pair of compression shorts, um, then you can tuck in your shirt and not have like a belt showing or clip showing or anything like that. You can wear it with skirts. 
um, pretty much anything. So mm -hmm. that's definitely one of my go-to options. I almost did that today, but did I didn't. <laughs> and for those of you curious, you need your holster to stay retained so that when you draw mm -hmm. your gun, you're not catching any slack. The holster's not coming with it and you have your gun is completely clear of anything that would stop you from going through the mechanics mm -hmm. of then aiming properly. Um, yeah, when I first saw you do the, and, and I wear, I started with, um, I don't even remember the brand it was. It was from my gymnastics days. And then I was walking through a sporting goods store one day and the Under Armour, there was the spe there's a specific short, mm -hmm. is it the Team Shorty? Yep, I have the exact Super thick ones. band. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna upgrade. So one day I saw you post on it and I had started following you prior to this and you posted on this. And that was the day I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> she is my bosom friend. But yeah, it is a game changer. I have on a knit skirt right now. Mm -hmm. And I have a compression, some compression shorts under it and I'm carrying, but here's another aspect that is helpful to me with the compression shorts. I carry children on my hip constantly and mm. it's a whole, it's an added layer. The kids, like their pants aren't getting caught on my clip because I can tuck my shirt in the front. And so they're not brushing up against my holster clip. It's tighter against my body and it creates that extra security between me and carrying my children. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That's not something I've ever thought of before. So that's like a really great thing. I know a lot of women will message me and ask me about like carrying with while having children around you. Um, and I'm definitely not an expert on that <laughs> at all. So I love to hear that you've had success using the compression shorts for that yeah, purpose and as it's, well. Yeah, and it's like almost an unexplainable phenomenon. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know logistically how to explain it to you in a way that you'll understand. But even where I'm wearing pants, I want the compression shorts on for the most part. Same. Because it's here. just so much tighter. I'm actually wearing a fabric clip right now on the compression shorts. I love it. I love it too. Um, have you tried the Discreet Carry Concepts clips? I haven't, but I've heard about them. They are awesome. I recently got their monoblock clip. Um, and it works the same way. It doesn't require a belt, but the nice thing about that clip is that it could work with the belt as well. Right. Um, and so for someone like me who kind of will switch it up every so often, I don't have to go and change the clip on my holster to yeah, make it, it transitions work. well. Yeah. And so I've used that with the compression shorts as well and had, um, some success with that too. That's awesome. Yeah. So the fabric clip, if you're curious, it can't, it can't actually effectively clip if you have too thick of a material. Correct. I think I've had, um, I've used it on jeans before, but sometimes depending on like the type of jeans. Right. I mean, I think any woman can relate when we say that like all jeans are different. That's They're right. not the same. Um, and so if, with some jeans that have like a thicker waistband, it's definitely harder to make sure it's secure. I tend to if I'm gonna do jeans without a belt, I tend to go for the Ulti clip or the mm -hmm. discreet carry. Um, but if I'm doing like compression shorts or like my favorite pair of leggings, I usually will go for the fabric clip. Yeah, and and you have to have a a pretty good quality waistband on your leggings for in order sure. to carry. You can't sure. be wearing cheap loose stuff. It won't it won't work. Your holster will not be retained well. <laughs> for sure. And you'll be printing like a queen. <laughs> Everybody will see it. So if someone, and, and for those of you that don't know, you can change the clips out on your holster mm -hmm. with a screwdriver. Mm -hmm. So if you get a holster or you have a holster you love and you're like, oh, I'd really like an Ulti clip, you can buy an Ulti clip and then you can just screw it onto your holster mm -hmm. and change it out that way. Um, do you... If somebody was getting started from scratch and they were like, I can really only afford one holster right now, but I want it to transition well, what would your suggestion be? Um, 
I would suggest a Kydex holster mm -hmm. with probably the discrete carry clips just because you have the freedom to do with a belt or without a belt. And I think that that's definitely a great way to start. Very good. And Kydex, for those of you that don't know, it's going to create a hardened mold around your specific gun. Mm -hmm. So when you're ordering a holster, you choose your gun model. And so they've created these these holsters specifically for your model gun mm -hmm. and it's hard and so your whole trigger is protected so you don't run the risk of accidentally shooting your gun I think that's a misconception too yeah definitely I've been um, doing some research on kind of things that women are worried about when deciding whether or not they want to carry um, and I think a lot of the concerns that I've seen pop up over and over is the thought that what if my gun goes off um, while I'm carrying it. And I think that I recently saw a post on Instagram talking about belly bands and how a lot of the popular options out there that are marketed towards women, they don't have any trigger protection. And I think that that's the number one most important thing when buying a holster is making sure that your trigger is covered, your trigger is protected, and there's no way that you can accidentally catch it on something and end up injuring yourself or your loved ones yeah and and so like the there's a brand called alexo that mm -hmm. makes like leggings and shorts and skirts for concealed carry but i noticed that they they have a space where you put like a credit card yeah so i've seen people do that um but i actually recently did a post with um like a trigger guard style holster so it's very low profile and it will cover just the trigger guard area of your gun. Um, and I put an Ulti clip on it and I was able to fit that inside of their, the Alexo pockets. Super um, safe. And secure it with an Ulti clip so it's not going anywhere when I draw my gun. Um, that's definitely one of like my favorite things to have is like a good trigger guard style holster mm -hmm. um, because you can use it with so many things. Like if you do have one of those soft-sided belly bands that are super popular among women, um, you can easily just throw that holster in there and make it so it is safe. To or use. even a sticky holster. Mm -hmm. If you've, I've, yeah, I've never. I don't think I've ever used a sticky holster, but yeah. So it's soft sided, mm -hmm. and so even just. And when we say trigger guard, it's very small. It simply covers just the trigger mm -hmm. um, of the gun. It's not a full, full encased holster. So you're just making sure that that trigger is is closed off to where fabric's not going to catch on it. It's not going, you're not going to lean over and an ink pen press into it or something like that because we really have no control over what's going around that trigger when we don't have something hard physically protecting it. So yeah, that's really good. Um, so tell me about how your family feels about this. Um, when I first like got into this my parents were a little worried they were I think their biggest concern was okay you're like five seven and 115 pounds like if some big scary dude is coming to attack you he could get your gun from you and use it against you and I think that was like that's probably still something my mom worries about but um I think that they've really come around and by me kind of even showing them stuff that I do on Instagram or talking with them about some of the content that I write for other people. Um, I think that they've grown to feel okay with it and feel comfortable with me carrying. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm definitely super lucky to have their support. Um, a couple of people from born and raised in California in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, but they support me. And I think that um, they're pretty happy that I'm able to 
kind of be self-reliant and make sure that I can take care of myself even when I don't have anyone else here. Absolutely. And and I can honor that in people. And, and just because I was raised in a family where guns were commonplace and we were mm-hmm. taught from a very young age how to respect guns and not to fear guns. And and we use them in for the most part for um, sustainability. And mm-hmm. we use them to hunt and we use them to protect ourselves around the farm, you know, from other animals or and we use them for, for pleasure and enjoyment. And so it just wasn't something I was taught to fear. But as I've grown and as I've had interactions with people who just weren't raised that way, I can see how how scary it can be at first. Definitely. And and all of you, all you hear possibly are the negative ramifications of mm-hmm. a gun. You don't understand the operation of a gun. You don't understand how inanimate and safe it is when it's not put into action and that it's just simply a tool and a piece of steel until mm-hmm. you engage it. And I I really you know what I love is when people weren't raised that way, but they're willing to to have the conversation and to listen. Mm-hmm. And and you've done a great job of showing them through your life, just loving them through your life and with patience, showing them the benefit of it and the value of it. And I can imagine you weren't in their face and really aggressive yeah, about the not. whole thing, definitely you know, not. and just ease them into that mindset. And I think that's what we need more of. We need people who will honor the place that somebody else is at mm-hmm. and slowly walk them through an understanding of it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think if you would have asked me maybe when I was in high school, do you ever see yourself owning a gun? The answer would be heck no. <laughs> but I think, like you said, if you haven't grown up around something and if you've never had experience with something, it's so easy to kind of just say, oh, well, it's this or it's that, and just kind of put it aside until you actually take the time to learn about it. And I think that that mindset can be applied to so many things besides guns. Is like, if you don't have an open mind and if you don't take the time to learn about something, you're never going to truly understand it. Absolutely. Now, do you find, I remember you posting a while back about visiting a firing range mm-hmm. and having a negative experience the first time, which again, I was so proud of you for standing up for yourself in such a, a, a graceful way. But do you find that you experience a lot of the stigma with being a woman in the gun industry? I can I can say, thankfully, from the moment I came on board here at Fieldcraft, the guys have been nothing but open. Mm-hmm. Um wanting to learn. I want to learn from them. They want to learn from me. I've never felt that stigma before, but I can, I can, I can imagine it's a very difficult thing to encounter. And it's something that you did encounter. Yeah. I think it wasn't something that ever crossed my mind as like, oh, this is going to happen to me. Um, just given the fact that it's like 2021, you know, like we've had, (laughs) we're so modern. (laughs) I know. Right. Um, but when it was happening, I was kind of like, okay, like, he didn't mean it or whatever kind of just the constant like I'm standing there next to my fiance and he's turning to him first and not really looking to me as the customer as well and I think when it was happening like I said I was like oh okay like maybe he didn't realize or kind of making up these like I don't I don't want to say excuses but making up possible like explanations for why maybe the interaction was the way it was but after it kept going and going and I was like, okay, and we walked out and I turned to my fiance and I was like, am I crazy or was that guy kind of, and he was like, no, it definitely wasn't you, you're not crazy. (laughs) Um, And it wasn't something that I've experienced too much. Um, I also work, I guess, in the self-defense industry. I've recently started working for a holster company here in Utah. Um, 
and working there has been amazing because because I think that they realize that I mean I am the only woman who works there and I think that they realize that I can definitely be an asset in helping to reach those female customers but um I think the sad thing is when I posted that, I got so many messages and comments from other women um, in places all across the United States saying that they've had similar experiences. And I think the biggest takeaway for me was, okay, well, I mean, to me, I don't care if someone's kind of like a jerk to me, like that mm-hmm. happens all the time in the real world. But for me, I think that if we treat women like that, if they're going to a shooting range and they want to learn and they want to be a part of this community, um, that's not really welcoming and that can be a big deterrent for them and wanting to take these steps towards learning. And I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say that getting into the gun world and getting into self-defense and self-reliance, it's definitely not the easiest thing in the world. There's so much to learn and there are so many times when you have to be uncomfortable. Um, and I think that there's really no place for that. And I think I've been lucky that I've only had like a couple of experiences like that, but I know that that can be a real issue for people um, in other places, for sure. Definitely. And thankfully, you have the confidence to walk through that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what saddens me is thinking about the women who it, they, are, they have fought tooth and nail to, to be brave enough to get themselves to the point mm-hmm. of even holding a gun, much less walking into a shooting range, and to imagine them just feeling defeated before they even started it, mm-hmm. it's it's sad and and obviously that's a reflection on these individual people and not the industry as a whole mm-hmm. and i think women absolutely have their place and yeah i'm sure you provide huge value to to the to the company you work for now and that's amazing that you get to do something that you're so passionate about yeah, for sure um but i would imagine that one of the comments that you get from women who one of their holdups with not wanting to carry would be that they're nervous and they don't know where to start and they're scared and they probably feel really especially if their husbands number one are super tactical Mm -hmm. or number two have no experience with guns it will make you feel nervous and inadequate and you don't want to feel ashamed and you just need women need security and encouragement and validation sometimes in little ways sometimes in large ways and it's Mm -hmm. starting something new is hard it really is and I think I when I first started with my Instagram page for example I was so worried about everything I would post. And I, my biggest thought was, well, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want Mm -hmm. people to think I'm an idiot. And obviously now looking back, like that mindset just totally sucks because I think that being real and showing like, this is where I am in my learning process. Cause once again, it is a process. I'm not an expert on this at all. I'm still learning. I'm still getting better. Um, but being real and showing other women, like this is where I started this is something that I've learned um, and giving them that example rather than I'm perfect. I know how to do this because when you first start, you have no idea what you're doing. (laughs) Right. Um, And it really is intimidating. I was always scared. Like even now I'm like, wow, going to ranges where they have that window and people can like watch you shoot. I'm like, oh man, I don't want people to like judge me. And obviously that's like my own mindset, but I think that a lot of people can definitely relate to that. Do you know, I've never been to a gun range. Really? I live really rural, so we just shoot in our yard. Like that we've never I don't amazing. even know if there's a gun range around me. So when I see pictures of gun ranges or I hear experiences, it just seems so foreign to me. And yeah, I could imagine I'd be so nervous. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Please don't watch me. Um, yeah, I think that there's such great value in that and I don't think you ever come across as this is the end all. 
Yeah. You know, and it's very much humble. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is what's working. Mm -hmm. And you're not afraid to say, hey, I've learned better. Like, know better, do better. Yeah, I think something that I've definitely noticed, there are people out there in, like, the tactical world. And obviously their main goal is to spread information and help people learn. But I think some people get so caught up in this is the way you carry. This is the way that you should train. And I think that something that I always tell people is remember what works for me doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Um, And it really is, carrying a gun is just such a personal thing from everything from like the physical preparedness aspect of it to the mental preparedness aspect of it. And it's something that each person kind of goes through differently. Um, And it's evolving. 100%, 100%. So I think that kind of showing people like, here's an option, here's a way to do it. It's not the way, um, I think is really important too. Cause I think if someone is thinking like, okay, well I have to do it this way and that one way doesn't work for them, it could maybe change their opinion on wanting to carry or wanting to commit to this lifestyle. Yeah, for me, that's a hard personality to be around. Mm-hmm. or people that speak in absolutes like that. I mean, mm-hmm. there, are cer- there are certain instances, especially when safety's involved, where that's important. But mm-hmm. I want options. <laughs> Me too. Me too. 100%. So what's your favorite gun? My favorite gun? Okay. Is right it change? Now, it changes all the time. <laughs> it changes all the time. Right now, it's the SIG P365XL. Um, I just got that one like a few months ago. And I think... Was it a graduation present to yourself? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, but... I love it because when I'm comparing it to the Glock 43, for example, I know that's super popular among women. Um, That's a gun that I carried for a really long time. When I compare it to the Glock 43, it's almost very similar in size, but you can get 12 rounds in that mag versus six. So like, I think it's a total game changer and I love, I think it feels so great in my hand and I love the fact that you can like put an optic on it if you want. yeah, I absolutely You have love options. It. For sure. <laughs> Once again, options are the best. I love that. So what would you say to someone if um they were a they were a young lady and they were they were still nervous or a parent who was trying to encourage and walk their child through this process? What words of encouragement or advice do you have for them? I think taking the time to become confident in your abilities is the most useful thing that you can do. Um, because if you're carrying a gun, but you're not sure if you can even use it properly, that's just a recipe for disaster. And so being, taking the time to learn and train and know that, okay, if something did happen, I know what, I know what to do. Um, just being, having that confidence and that ability, I think is the most important thing. Very good. Very nice. So if people wanted to find you, where could they find you on Instagram? Um, I'm on Instagram. My page is called Freedom Concealed. Um, I also have a website, freedomconcealed.com. I'm not like super active on my blog on my website, but I'm definitely very active on Instagram. Um, I try to be consistent with that. But yeah, if you have any questions, you can always um, message me, email me. Um, I love it when people ask me questions and I have the opportunity to kind of share some of the things that I've learned. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been such an incredible experience and it's been so fun to meet Um, to meet you and talk about some of the things that we both 
um, do for concealed carry. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you found value in this podcast. I hope that you can glean some wisdom to share with another young adult. And and I know we've referenced young ladies a lot in this podcast, but it's the same concept with young men too. They Mm -hmm. need protection. They need to be able to defend themselves and they're living that same life out on campus, away from home. And there's value in that. There's value in that conversation. And I'm glad that we could shed some light on it for you. So guys, be safe. Thanks for being here today.